Welcome along to our next in our podcast series from the sidelines, Northumberland FA. Uh, it gives me great pleasure today to welcome along our Coach the Coach Ambassador, Neil Winskill. Uh, Neil, thanks for giving up your time today. Oh, very welcome, Gary. I'm, I'm looking forward to having a chat. Great stuff. So we're going to look at coaching interventions uh, today with you, Neil. Just before we get started, um, what was it like last season? How how did it go for you at uh, at Newcastle, and what you're looking forward to this season? Uh, it was a strange season overall, with the, the way that the world is at this moment in time. Um, but we were very very fortunate with the uh, the protocols laid out by the club in the Premier League, which meant that more or less everything that was meant to happen happened. So the lads did 157 sessions. They did 35 games. Uh, there was very little called off or postponed, um, which I know is like against the trend of what else was going on in the world at that moment in time. So we were really, really lucky, um, and we had a we had a good year. The 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 you know seeing Elliot Anderson progressing at the first team squad was a real positive for us. Um, the lads had a good run in the FA Youth Cup, uh, which was really enjoyable and a good experience for them. So overall, in amongst what was a fairly turbulent year for everybody. It was, um, yeah, it was really enjoyable at, 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 at the academy on the pitch, yeah. Fantastic. And and, and I suppose what time of year, the Euros, how are you enjoying the Euros? Well, I'm, I've been off with it being the off-season now, so we've been off for a few weeks. And I think the first week when you're cutting the grass and hoovering the carpet and that, it's, uh, it's nice to have a break. But after about a week, you start to, you start to miss it and you're back on the computer and tighten session plans up. And so the Euros coming along was like your football fix that you probably needed at that moment in time. Uh, I've really enjoyed it, really enjoyed watching it. Um, obviously happy that England's progressing as they are. Uh, I've been really enjoying watching the Italian team, uh, which is a, you know, a different type of Italian football to what we're used to. Um, and it's quite nice to see teams that are Maybe not the not the fancied nations in the competition progressing well and doing so just via hard work and tenacity and determination and, and to see that is is good you know and that's the beauty of football it's not as clean cut as the team with the best players wins and I think the Euros has kind of thrown that up this year as well. And I bet you had your your, your coaching head on when you're watching and observing the games, Neil. Did you? Uh, I try not to. Right. I, I do, I've got to be honest, I, I do try not to. I try to just watch it because you spend so much time during the year watching games and studying with your coach and head on. It's actually quite nice to sit back and watch it just as a supporter uh, and just appreciate it with a, an open mind and not necessarily an analytical eye. But um, again, it's very difficult to do that. You do start watching you know, how teams are playing with three at the back or how teams are playing with you know, three strikers with two strikers number 10s in behind a number nine and you suddenly start drifting back into coaching mode if you're not careful um but i've been i've been doing a bit of work recently on just a little bit on combination playing in particular wall passing um so i've been it's a bit like when you buy a car isn't it and you think i'm going to buy a red car and before you know it you're seeing like hundreds of red cars on the road so with the idea of wall passing in my mind i've, I've just there's a one there's a one there's a one clip that, get that uh, bit of footage for the lads to see. So, you, yeah, you can never totally switch off from the, the coaching bit. That's the that's the part of the job. It's, uh, 
that's good, good and frustrating. Ah, good, good stuff. Um, so yeah, so coaching interventions, Neil. What, what do we mean by that? Or what do you take from that? I think I think with all these things, when 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 somebody asks you to define something, the first thing I always do is that I, I go to the dictionary, rightly or wrongly, and I think, well, okay, what's the dictionary definition of that? So if you if you look up intervention. Uh, the action of becoming intentionally involved in a difficult situation in order to improve or prevent it from getting worse. So that's what the dictionary says is an intervention. So from a, a coaching standpoint, I suppose my take on it would be is uh, the coach uh, consciously uh, providing something that is there to try and bring about change in behaviour or change in performance and obviously positive change in behaviour and performance. And uh, so I think I think there is a various different ways you can, you can intervene, but it's the coach actively seeking opportunities to go and um, support, help, advise, feedback, whatever it might be, to bring about a change in performance. Uh, I, I do... I do quite like, I like the word interaction, mm -hmm. probably more than I like the word intervention, because I think intervention sounds very clinical. Um, and I think not all interventions in, in the coaching world are clinical in that respect. Um, so I like the word in, interaction, albeit the definition slightly different. The, the definition for an interaction is an occasion where two or more people communicate uh, with each other. So... I dare say that is what we're classes in, in, in intervention, isn't it? Mm. The difference between the two definitions is one is to try and bring about positive change. One just is the act of two people communicating. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's a long-winded answer of what a, a coach interaction is. And I think for the for the learning to take place, it's an, it's an interaction that you're having with the individual or the individuals yeah. within your group. Yeah, yeah, agree, agree. That's that's exactly what it is, and the skill of that is always how you do it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, there's 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 the five pillars um, that we've we've all seen from our uh, courses and CBD workshops that we've got, that we do with the FA, um, and they look like the commands, question and answer, observation, guided discovery, and trial and error. Um, what do you use when you're out there with it, when you're coaching, Neil? Uh, I think I got asked this question on a, on a thing I did the other day for uh, somebody, a podcast for them. And I think I think what, what coaches like doing is they kind of like putting themselves in a in a pigeonhole position at times where, you know, I'm, I'm very much about question and answer. I'm very much about this style of coaching. Mm -hmm. And I've never, I've never really been a one for that because I, I don't see the massive benefits of ruling other things out. Yeah. Because it depends on the context, the, that moment in time. So I think the answer to the question is that I do, I do have a preference, and I would like to think I was, I was at the um, question answer end of the spectrum. Um, but but I, I like to move between all of them, and I think it depends on lots and lots of variables of why you would do that which 
uh, things like what the, what mood the players are in, uh, what the topic is you're covering, uh, how far away from the game you are, uh, what the weather's like. I think there's a lot of things that would influence which style you chose, and mm. that sometimes means that you have to come away from what might be your preference. Yeah, um, absolutely, because, you know, something in the senior game um, or at that older age group might mean that we may, might need to be more command style. Would I be right in saying if, if we go back to our, um, you know, the, the qualifications around the air licence and that end of the spectrum of your qualifications, there's a lot more command style there than there is working with the younger players. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it's, it's, it's always about the context you're working in and it's the situation in the moment you're in at that, that specific time. Um, and and it, it's ultimately what suits the players' needs at that moment in time. So, um, how you how you get that 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 message the message that you want to get across how you get that across, and you pick the right method that you think is going to be the most impactful for the player. That that is the real art of coaching. Uh, I think you know most people would be aware of the five pillars, um, but the, the the real top practitioners that I've ever seen work and have just got that. That is it a good feeling or that you know that eye for this is this is the right intervention strategy at this moment in time, mm -hmm. and this yeah. is the one that's going to bring about the, the you know the, the 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 change that we want, um, but delivered in the way that suits the context at that moment in time. So the the couple of examples you've given there, Gary, I dare say, you know a, a, a manager who's working in the Northern League who has one training session a week and players have just come from work and are flying to get there and probably haven't had their tea or anything, jump straight out the car and onto the training pitch. They, they probably, that situation there lends itself potentially to command coaching because mm -hmm. you haven't got the time to, to go down questioning and going off on a tangent and, and, and heading in a different direction to what you'd planned. It's about getting the information to the players in the here and now, where if you've got a team that's maybe trained two and three times a week, there is then scope to change your delivery style uh, to give variety across them three sessions. So it just depends on the depends on the situation you're in, I think. Yeah, and the, the sort of the next question I've got, Neil, is around the the the, the topic of uh, seventy percent ball rolling time. And just trying to link that into how we incorporate our interventions within the training session. Um, I mean, what's the importance of that? So the flow of the session, uh, but actually making sure that the players uh, understand what we're trying to get over to them and why we're doing it and how we're going to do it. Um, but still making sure they get enough game time in there as well. Well, I think that's the... That's the key thing, Gary, that you've said at the end there. It's about making sure that they're playing. Uh, I've always been intrigued where the, the figure of 70% came from because I think it's the figure that gets um, shoved around when you get talking about ball rolling time. Um, and I, I, I've been, this is one thing I've monitored during last season. In our under 18s games, the ball rolling time is 67%. 
So that's what the game at that that stage looks like. It's sixty-seven percent, and I dare say, if you analysed you know Premier League teams etc., you'd probably find it'll be in and around that mark as well. So the the figure of seventy percent, whilst initially I was thinking where's that come from, is probably an ac- an accurate figure. Um, and I just I just think maybe it's a case of um, looking at the big picture to start with. Players want to play, and coaches want to coach, but it's ultimately always about the player. So the player comes first. So with that in mind, it's about making sure that you're hitting seventy percent. If that's the figure you go for, you're making sure you're hitting that with the amount of action there is. It's then what do you do with that thirty percent then to try and influence, like you said before, with the definition. How do you influence? the people in front of you to bring about positive change. What do you do with that 30%? Um, and I, and I, I probably go back to when I was going through coaching awards and going through level two and you for B and you for A. Uh, and, I, and I think back to some of the principles that they used to teach you about interventions. And at that moment in time, it, w- it was very much about just tell them, you know, they don't just tell them. And I think we've come on a fair bit since then that actually there's a lot of knowledge stood there in front of you that you, you you would be wrong not to tap into and actually can have an even more impactful and longer lasting benefit if you if you incorporate the players in that process. Um, but I think some of the principles that I was taught on them coaching awards was, you know, you, you, you do your, your interventions early. So if I think back to when you do like a, you know, let's say you're doing an eight v eight game, and you've got twenty five minutes on your B license to do it, you've got quite a lot of your information out in the early stages to set the foundation, and then as the session goes on, you like you, you loosen off, and those lengths of play that the players have become longer. Um, I think that's not a bad strategy. So you you know you you you're intervening or interacting probably more so at the, the first half of this session than the second half. And then you'll, you'll have a little look in the second half to see whether the, the work that you've done has brought about a, a positive change or not. Um, so I think, I think that principle probably still stands. Um, I, think, I think it's about... It, it's, it's not so much about quantity, maybe. It's, it, it's the, the length of intervention, mm. I think, is important. Mm-hmm. I think back to when I go back to when I did my UFRB with Barney at um at Gibside Gardens at Benwell. And uh I dare say that was probably the first time where I'd been coached. Actually I'd actually been coached by somebody who would stop the session and put people in position and talk about what could have happened and maybe what should have happened and ask the players where do you think you could have been there and and you think, wow, this is this is good. This is interesting. I'm actually learning some stuff here. And Barney was was and probably still is the best I've ever seen it, getting his information across. But he didn't take long to do it. Mm-hmm. And I dare say he did lots of short interventions as opposed to big lengthy ones where you're standing around, like looking at the cars going past and kicking your heels. Uh, so I think I think players can withstand that as long as they see the relevance in it and 
I'm using stoppages as, as probably the, the, the medium of doing it here, but there is other ways of intervening in the session which maintains ball rolling time. But if you are going to do the stoppage approach, you know, be quick, I think, is the yeah. thing, because we want the ball rolling again. And, you know, the game doesn't need to stop for you to do an intervention, does it, Neil? So that, you know, that you see a lot more now of, of coaches... Uh, just pulling players to one side and giving them a little bit of information uh, around the learning theme. Um, and what's your thoughts on that? I, th I think, yeah, it's a great point. I think you have to, b before you do any form of intervention, the question that you always ask yourself as the coach is, you know, what, who's this for? What's, what's the benefit of this intervention that I'm going to make and who, who is going to benefit from it? And if it is the group and everybody can benefit from this, then it may be you go down that stoppage approach, which is probably the thing that people have been taught on their coaching badges, and, and you share the information, or you ask a question to draw the information out, but everybody hears and sees the benefit of, of what it is you've actually worked on. Um, I know there's different there's different terminologies that people use for for this type of thing, and I, I have my own, um, which are just personal to me. I'm not saying that they're right. Um, so I think at one end of the spectrum, you've got stoppages, um, you've also got sideline support where you're kind of coaching as the game's running, but it might be that you're coaching, you know, more than one player. Um, so for example, you know, I might be coaching the back four, but as the game's going, a bit like what the managers are doing in the Euro, they're kind of coaching their players as the game's happening. Um, but it's, it's normally done for two or more players. And then the stealth, which I think you, you use the term flyby. I think, yeah. is that right? Like, yeah. So I call that stealth coaching. And that's where the coaching happens with an individual player that nobody else knows about. And that could be you pulling them to the side. It could be you wandering on the pitch and having a word in their ear. Uh, it could be you having a word with an individual in a drinks break. But it's where me and you interact, but nobody necessarily knows about it or, or gets any benefit from the thing that I'm working with you because it's, it's, it's pertinent to you. So three S's that I would use for that. Stoppages, sideline support and stealth. Brilliant. Um, I suppose that leads with, leads with nicely into how, how our observation... the script. <laughs> our, our observation skills uh, are used within, within our coaching. Yeah. And how that links in with the interventions or for better interventions, I suppose, um, on what we're seeing um, is happening for how we sort of support the players. Well, I think if I go back to, again, I, I, I go back to the, the things that I was taught myself when I went through the coaching awards with, with Northumberland FA. Um, one of the things that we got taught was the coaching cycle. Maybe not something that I hear as much of these days. Um, but the coaching cycle was about observing the play. It was about identifying where you thought you could intervene and and offer something in terms of uh, positive change. You then had to diagnose what you thought the issue or the, the thing was that you could help with. And then it was about coaching. And that could be done via a command. It could be done via a question. Um, and then it was about demonstrating it. 
So let's have a little look at that in action. And that might be you demonstrating it or it might be the player demonstrating it. And then it was back to live play. And during that period, you're then observing the intervention that you've made with that player or players to see whether you know it's landed and made a difference. So I think that is that is something that we were taught at that moment in time. And it's something that I always think of. And I think the more you coach, that that process becomes like it's like a second nature. It's like an autopilot thing that you just do. And in, in answer to your question, if you go right back to the beginning of that cycle, the first thing you do is you observe. And in order to do that well, you ha I think you have to know what you're observing. So if I use the Euros, if you watch the Euros, if you watch a game on TV, there'll be so many things happening. You know, a good wall pass, for example, or what a great cross that was and a great recovery run there and what a save by the goalkeeper. And I think when you when you get into the into the uh, the forum of coaching and you're on the grass with the players, you want to make sure that there's some clarity in some... Um, it, it's logical what you're doing so they can kind of make sense of the process that you, you, you're, you're working on. So I think it's important. Observing is, is a fundamental coaching skill absolutely fundamental but I think you have to know and you have to have a bit of a plan as to what it is you're going to watch in in what order uh, otherwise you can very quickly get drawn into lots of other things and before you know it you as the coaches went off on a tangent now you can think from the audience's point of view at that point they'll not be able to make head nor tail potentially of what's happening so obs observation skills are absolutely crucial and you look at you look at the euros you look at I'll use I'll use England the other night. You look at Gareth Southgate's substitution with Grealish. Now that might have been pre-planned, or it might have been that was just what he saw at that moment in time, um, and what a good decision it was. But he knew what he was looking for, and he was looking for that right moment of when to introduce this player. Um, and the only way you can do that is by watching, become good at watching. Great stuff. Um... Looking at the younger age group, Neil, with a with a foundation phase and um, them five pillars, um, we're probably focusing more around trial and error, guided discovery. Would you say yeah. around that age group, and the the benefits of of that with them age groups? Yeah, hundred percent. It's about at them age groups. It's about probably. <laughs> You probably hear this, these things a lot, but it is about recreating what used to happen lots and lots of years ago, which is where, you know, me, you and people of our generation went outside with the football with their England strip on after the game and went and played football for five hours trying to pretend that you were Harry Kane or Raheem Sterling. And you, you, you just don't see a lot of that now. A lot of football is, it's organised and it's, um, it's excellent. I have to say it's excellent. There's some great opportunities for young people. But that, that environment where you just went out and played or you had a 20 minutes in between lessons of school where the football came out and it was 25 aside, no bibs, nothing. And you just ran around for, for, the, for the time and kicked it in any direction you fancied, depending on which way you were feeling at that moment in time. It's, those, it's that environment you want to try and recreate again, isn't it? So the, mm -hmm. the younger age groups, from a coaching perspective, it's about them playing and it's about them having touches of the ball. It's about them running around and learning to move. Um and the coach has to adopt a coaching style that allows those things to happen 
which goes against you know things like stoppages and stop stand still and yeah. group interventions it's it's a lot more about use your phrase ball rolling because yeah. they're going to they're going to learn by doing it and they need to fall in love with the game at that point if they haven't already and we've got to be careful as coaches that we don't actually prevent that from happening or make it happen because we're over coaching people I think that's just my personal opinion yeah and and as and you mentioned it um earlier on around sort of setting the scene of of what the theme is of of the coaching session could be done at the start of that within the foundation phase and possibly around drinks breaks instead of a proper intervention from a coaching point of view would you say yeah definitely I, I use three r's and two c's in terms of what, what I would say were my essentials for a coaching session and in terms of the yours uh, relevance realism and repetition so I think from a young from younger age groups um, the relevance that the, they need to have an idea as to what this is about and, and maybe how it links to the game um, and but they need lots and lots of repetition of it and it's like anything you know you learn to ride a bike learn to swim learn to drive a car the more you do it the better you get and the younger age groups need lots and lots of repetition, but they also need a bit of relevance to see how this actually links to the thing that I see on the TV. Uh, in terms of the, the interventions with drinks breaks, again, this is how you know the, the, the really top coaches at those age groups will adapt their coaching style to, to allow for repetition and, and use natural breaks within the session to have those interventions interactions with the players and drinks breaks are a great time to do it that's one of the things i was taught many many years ago when i worked with rob atkin was the power of the drinks breaks um so yeah i think that that's key and, and, and it's very personalized coaching at that point as well isn't it it's about everyone's at different levels is the all throughout their career i suppose but certainly that age group you've got those that have just started those that have played lots etc etc and different stages of maturity so that the coaching becomes a lot more personal so it becomes i dare say stealth coaching would be the would be the answer at those age groups to allow for repetition but to also allow you to you know try and help and support the individual player within that group yeah and and ultimately neil the, through through an intervention from from ourselves as coaches we're trying to activate um, the learning within what players or individual players are within the group. Um, that sort of brings one to questioning and the types of questioning we use with the players. Mm -hmm. um, what's your thoughts around that as, as in open questions, closed questions? Yeah, I mean, sorry, Gary, just to, just to go backwards. I, I mean, I'm, I'm no longer a, I'm no longer a tutor. Um, for the FA, but during the time that I, I spent working at Northumberland FA with Barney, uh, with Terry Mitchell, with Liam, uh, and, and one or two others, the question that the candidates always used to ask is, well, when do I step in? When 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 is it I actually step into the session here and intervene? Because they've got the coaching points of the things they want to coach. And they've got the different methods that they could use, whether it's command or question or demonstration or whatever it might be. Um, but they want that definitive 
step in here or step in there or step in here. And unfortunately, yeah. it's not as uh, <laughs> certainly at the older age groups, it's it's just not as pre-planned and, and premeditated as that. Um, so I think the, the thing I, the thing I would use here is I think the first the first time you see an opportunity where you think, oh, hang on, I think I can maybe help here. That 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 might have just been an accident on the player's behalf, so the player's miscontrolled the ball. So I think the first one's an accident. Uh, if the if you then watch again, my back to your thing about observing. If you then observe that player again, and the next time the ball comes to them, they make the same error again. Now that's a coincidence. The third time, and you do it again, is a pattern. So I think. The answer I always used to give to the candidates is, you know, yes, I understand in your assessment, you've got 25 minutes and you kind of, you maybe can't wait for it to become a pattern because you need to prove how good you are as a coach. And that, mm. that I'm going back a few years now. Um, but I think that a good rule of thumb would be just for coaches to wait to see whether it gets to the pattern stage. And that is probably a good opportunity to say, right, OK, I think I can help here. How you then go about helping, you choose one of the, the things that we've talked about so far is to how you then go about and speak to the person. Um, sorry, I just thought I'd put that in because it kind of rounds off that last bit, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the qu the questioning bit, I, I I always just think the the ultimate question starts with show me. If you if you if you start your question off with show me, um, I think there's lots and lots of benefits of that. A, you're going to get it see what the players or player potentially thinks is appropriate at that moment in time. So instantly you're getting player involvement. Uh, B, you, you're not necessarily coming across as I've got all the answers and I'm just going to give you them. And it, so you're showing a little bit of interest and in, in, I want to know what you know. So there's a bit of a, a rapport being built in that respect. Um, you, get a, you get a demonstration which I think a lot of players would prefer to see it rather than just hear about it. So I think there's a lot of benefits from, from show me. And it's something that I know last season that I was trying to work on personally. Um, you know, what questions begin with what, where, why, when, etc. Great questions. And there's some great information on, on and research on questioning techniques. But I think the environment where you work and you wouldn't go too far wrong if you used the word show if you used the word show me. Uh, I think why is an interesting question as well. Questions that start with why, but that they can they can be fairly aggressive questions then. And that they're very, very, very deep questions. Um so I think if you've if you've got a good rapport with a group and you know where the group are and you've worked with the group a lot, you know, you know, why would you make this run? Why is that run better than this run? Uh, why do you think the defender's done that? Uh, it's, it's, it's a, I, I tend to find those are fairly aggressive questions. They're good questions. But but I still think, generally speaking across the board, the word show me. And I think you can sometimes think with interventions that you're talking about things going wrong. So you intervene because you've seen something going wrong. But there's actually lots of times where things have gone right and it's worth, it's worth highlighting. So asking a player... Can you just show? Can you just show the group that 
pass you've just made? Or can you just show the group that forward run you've just made? And then you can follow that up with, hey, that was fantastic run there. Now, why, why did you make that run? What, what, what made you think about that run? Why did you make that run and not this run? Because what you've done is you've kind of front-loaded it with, that was fantastic and I really like that. What I want to know now is what was going on in your head when you've done it. Because I, I want the rest of the lads to understand, or girls to understand that. So those, those are probably the two question starters that I would recommend that people use. And talking about timings and length of the length of the detail that you can give to the players, because surely that comes down to the environment when you're when you're out there coaching. Are you are you coaching indoors in the winter? Uh, which ultimately makes the environment a little bit warmer for standing around. Yeah. Uh, is it the summer and we can actually sit people down in front of the tactics board to go through things? But I suppose how much the length of time that we're talking and the amount of detail that we're giving to the players, uh, there's only so much that they can sort of take in. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I got recommended a book last week of somebody, and it's about it's about making making your messages and your information sticky. I think that's a great word, sticky, in this situation. And what what you want to happen is that you know the, the thing that's discussed or shared or talked about or given to the player by the coach. It needs to be memorable, because ultimately they need to remember that situation or that action that they've just done or that piece of information in order to repeat it the next time they're in that situation so I think again I go back to the best coaches that I've had the pleasure of working with or watching and they all have that ability to make the information memorable so they get to the point as quick as possible but in a way that it leaves it imprinted on your brain. So the best example I can give with that was Dick Bate. So, and I, I've used this the other day, so if anybody's heard the podcast I've done the other day, you'll, you'll, I'm sorry, you're going to hear the same thing again. If anyone was to say Dick Bate and 1v1 defending, I would imagine any coach that's ever seen uh, or had worked with Dick before would talk about uh, shut down, slow down, sit down, stay down, show down of the process of going into a 1v1 defending battle. That that sums up 1v1 defending in a soundbite when it might take somebody else an eternity to explain all that yeah. stuff. And, and But people remember that. People, that, that. That rhyme is imprinted in people's heads. And I think... I try my best to look for those types of things and you have to use your imagination and make them up. But you're trying to make that information sticky, but also efficient in terms of how long it takes to explain it. Because you want to get in and get out. Yeah. If you don't get in and get out as quick as that, then the ball rolling time is going to suffer and the players aren't playing as much. So you want to try and find the most efficient way to get the information shared um, as you can, I think. And if we're not doing that, what's the impact going to have on the session? 
I, th- I think it, it, it could still be positive because if the inf- if let's say the information that you're given is taking longer to, to get across than you know using one of Dick Bates acronyms or metaphors or whatever, um, it, it, if it's still good information, it'll still have a positive impact. It, what it's maybe it's done is it's just took away from the ball rolling time. Um, but sometimes it, it, it warrants that. I think, you know, I, c- I can rush this and take a minute or I can take my time with it and take three minutes. But I think if I take three minutes, we can really understand the learning better. So I think in an ideal world, you want to do it as quick as possible. But there is times where, you know, I'm going to take a little bit of time with this. The, the, the downside of the session, I suppose, the longer you take with interventions, uh, players' concentration at all levels, not just, you know, younger levels, at all levels, players' concentration might dip. Uh, the intensity of the session might dip because you know yourself when everybody's in full flow and the intensity is really high and all of a sudden the coach stops the session and there's a five-minute break intervention, it's actually quite hard to pick up where you left off. So it takes time to get the intensity back to where you want it again. Um, and I think there's probably something, there's probably something about relevance there as well. You know, one of the downsides of it is if, if I'm taking five minutes to explain something to the right winger, but the whole session's had to stop because of it, then the right wingers may be getting some benefit, but maybe other players aren't. So they, they would have been better off just playing. So maybe then as a coach, I've chose the wrong technique. I should have went for stealth or flyby as opposed to stopping the whole group. So yeah. it just might not be relevant for people. And because of that, people get frustrated because they don't see the relevance to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a few, I suppose. And so just to sort of wrap up our, our conversation this morning, Neil, what is what did what would good practice look like from your your side of things around sort of interactions, interventions? I think I think good practice would involve the players in the process where possible. And as we've discussed, not always not always appropriate time, weather, what whatever player mood. But I think I think good practice would always involve the players in it, because a stat that got quoted to me a while back, which again, you talk about sticky information. I remembered this was that seventy percent of what's taught in a classroom is already known by the students. So you think well great reinforcing the work, but we're potentially going over all ground here. So with that with that stat in mind, then we need to get an idea of where the players are at and what they know and what they can do. And the best way of doing that is observing, like you've said. The best way of doing that is involving the players with questioning and observation feedback or guided discovery. And let's see what they already know, which gives me then the platform to say, well, okay, this is where I'll maybe start to add my value to improve things. So I think I think involving the players is, is key. I think we've got to remember that it's about the players and because of that it needs to be um high ball rolling time and lots of action. They need lots of repetition and lots of goes and they need to get a sweat on. And we make we need to make sure those things are happening. Um and because you want the ball rolling time high, you've got to think about, you know, how many interventions is 
enough and how many is too many. And then also think about how long are those interventions, because those are going to impact on um, the ball rolling time as well. And then I think I think probably good practice from a coaching point of view is to 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 have a bit of a to have a little bit of a plan to that. Uh, it's very difficult to pre-plan everything, but you can have a you can have a plan of what you want to observe, and you can have a little bit of a plan about this is the coaching style I'm going to use today because of the variables that we've discussed, um, and I'm going to try and use the breaks in the the session to get around some individual players, or because of the picture I want to show today, I'm, I'm going to, you know, do a couple of stoppages in the game. I'm going to try and catch the picture when it happens and show people, you know, exactly what it looks like. So I think a good coach is not necessarily just thinking of the practice and the information. They're actually then thinking about how am I going to deliver this in the best way today. And I think a very good coach would vary that so that it doesn't become boring for the players ultimately. Brilliant, Neil, as always. Really appreciate your time, Neil, for sharing uh, your thoughts and knowledge around the, the theme of interventions and interactions like you discussed earlier. Um, and we'll catch up again soon. No problem, Gary. Thanks for, thanks for the invite.